Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. David and I saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. I see you got the wrap on your truck. I got the wrap on my truck. Looks good. It does look good. How much was it? Uh, it was 1200 bucks. I installed it myself. Ooh. So. Damn. I could have had it installed for a grand. So $2,200? Could have been 2200 turnkey. To have Partial half, wrap is a lot cheaper than a full wrap. So half of a truck wrap's $2,200. Yeah. Typically, they're like five grand Ugh. a piece. Like, you get, around the, you get around the hood and the front bumpers, and that's where shit gets tricky. Well, so, yeah. That part of that's like I wanted to just do the back half for that reason, but then, uh, uh, yeah. So no, it looks good. It's it's ready to promote. <laughs> it's a promotional vehicle, and it's ready to promote. Oh, oh Mitch, you want to hear something funny? You hanging door hangers is funny. Okay, well, yeah, that that's funny too. <laughs> no, so now that I have my truck done and I got the go kart built, right? Oh God, here we go. So I'm like. Every weekend, I'm going to be out somewhere in that truck or in that go-kart promoting the company, right? So this weekend... Car shows. I car feel. show. Oh, on, on seven. No, last weekend. Car show on 7 <laughs> Highway here in Blue Springs. Nice. The one that's like in front of Red Racks every Saturday night. They have a car show in Blue Springs every Saturday every night? Every Saturday night. It's, well, like a, it's like a local cruise-in. It's not huge. It's only like five or... It's like five to eight lines in that parking lot. Right, so the whole ma- depth—that's still a lot. Of- yeah, the whole depth. So it's it's probably two or three hundred cars. I mean, nothing crazy, and it's kind of a cruise in. Like people are coming and going, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you just kind of come in, walk the line, see yeah. what's out there, and then drive leave. on down the road. Yeah. Some people don't even get out of their cars; they just kind of drive up and down, and then you know leave. There's food trucks there and stuff like that. So, so who's ever promoting that? Nobody, nobody promotes it. It's just people show up. Then how do people know to show up? When you start recognizing that there's a lot of cars there all the time, so it used to be in Orschland's parking lot. And then Orschland's got bought out by Bouchet or whatever they, I don't know how you pronounce it, but. I think it's Brochettes. Yeah. There's no R in it. There's not? I no. thought there was an R. No. It looks like it could be pronounced Bouchet. And I, well, every time I drive by there, I'm like, man, that is so, it's gotta be, that's Bouchet. It's got to be Bouchettes. Yeah. Something like that. It's got to be Bouchettes. Yeah. So uh, I, now that they got bought out by them, they don't have it in that parking lot anymore. So they moved it to the next parking lot over. Oh, I, I buy all the chicken food there and I still, I've never really even paid attention to what it's spelled like. Yeah. Well, next time you go in there, you're going to be like, man, that's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. So go down to bullshit. So anyway, I load up the go-kart, I get it in the back of the truck and I drive up there and I roll it out and you know, it gets all this attention and everything, it, which is silly. Like it's a little go-kart. It's parked next to a freaking Audi R8. Nice. And people come walk by and they're like, damn, that's cool. And they ain't looking at the Audi. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Like, how does so this. So, did you have business cards on you? Oh, yeah. I was handing Door out... hangers. Yeah, and door all hangers. Kind of I was handing all that stuff out. Yeah. Had water in the trunk, like in the frunk, because it's got a cooler in it, you know? So, but anyway, I get all done and I'm getting peppered with questions like about the Lightning and about the go kart and just everything. And um, I got little individual ramps for the truck, and they're really neat ramps, like they're dual curve ramps that fold in half. They were fucking expensive, but I needed them. So I was like, everyone's like, "Where'd you get those ramps? Those are badass!" And you know all this stuff. Load everything up. I leave. I come home. It's staying in my truck in the garage overnight. The go kart is. Next morning, I get up and I go work out. Sundays, I go work out at Dog Pound. So next morning, I get up I and thought I thought you quit Dog Pound. It's like a. It's like a... He just lets you go with the guys on black, Sunday. Yeah, it's like a guy, like unofficial... Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. just guy time on Sunday. Yeah. So... A lot of sword crossing. <clears throat> no, it's it's <laughs> the hardest week, of the hardest day of the week for sure. I'm sure it is. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was he good. He just walked right into <laughs> it. I mean, it's just like... 
fucking throwing meatballs up here, dude. I mean, so, what are you doing? <laughs> so anyway, work out at Dog Pound. I go to leave, right? I'm going to head to the shop so I can take the go-kart out of the back of the truck. Put it in drive, hit the gas. That son of a bitch flies straight out the back of the truck into the parking lot. Falls out of the back of the truck. I never tied it down when I left the car show. <laughs> Fucking rolled right out of the back of the truck into the parking lot. You I, dipshit. I hear a funny clunk, and I look in the rear view just to see the headlights of that mini go-kart go skyward, and it just goes straight onto Is the back Is the fiberglass end. all fucked? No. Much to my amazement, it's not. Like I'm trying to remember what the back it looked like. Kind of scuffed it a little bit, but like I fixed Maybe it with it Sharpie and it's done. It's must fine. have landed on the wheels a little bit. Like no, it landed like 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 at a forty. Well, it's or, got that or completely square. So I don't know. It didn't crack it. Couldn't tell you. I mean, once it left the rear view, I don't know what happened. It sounded horrible, <laughs> but I'm like, you Mitch. have got to be shit. Like it made it seven or eight miles and didn't fall out, and like. I'm 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 really lucky that it fell out and I was going three miles an hour leaving a parking spot and not forty miles an hour driving home from that car show. Yeah. So because it yeah. would have been totaled then. Yeah. Or someone hits it. Yeah. And it just explodes into like nine million pieces. Right. Oh my god. That was one of those things. I'm like, ah, fuck. Ugh. So yeah. So you always have a story. Always. I mean, most of them involve you fucking something up. Yeah. That's the best part. It brings me inner joy. Well, you're here for something. I mean, I live. Yeah. <laughs> I learn from failure, so I got to figure out how to learn every day. Oh my god! All, All right, right. What so we got talk about? we got three topics today. Know your customers is number one. All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. Stop bashing your customers is number two, and finding your purpose is number three. Mm. So you're taking the lead on knowing your customers. This knowing was your, your idea. I do not want to beat this to death, but did you see Bud Light's sales report this last week? Uh-uh. So over, so like their first month over month, they were down like 20% in sales. Okay. And their next month they were down, or I'm sorry, week over week, they were down 26% in sales. Damn. Like that's a huge number. Right. And I'm not bringing this up to bring up trans crap or anything like that. I'm bringing it up because if you're the owner of a business and you decide to get political, okay, and you decide to be divisive or you decide to to sell out on one side or the other, it's not going to go well for you. Right. It doesn't matter what happens. You have to be able to leave that stuff aside. Your number one job is to make money. Right. Like that's your number one job. And and, and for a Fortune 500 company, it's to make, it's not, I mean, it's to make money for your investors too. Right. Like yeah. the stockholders, the yeah. people that are, your you shareholders. Know, own, yeah. Yes. Owners of the company. Like you have a fiscal responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, toward, I mean, I think two people have lost their jobs over it, but it, that trickles all the way down to small business too. Yeah. If you are super political on Facebook, no matter what side you're on, you're pushing half of your customer base away. Yep. Or at least 25% of your customer base. I mean, it maybe 40. It could be, especially when you're smaller. I mean, you got to figure like 40% of the nation leans one way, 40% leans the other way and there's kind of a 20% in the middle that could go either way. Yeah. And and maybe of the 40% that leans each way, maybe of those groups, maybe 80% of them don't really like 80% of them are passionate and 20% of them like they're yeah they're not super diehard and or twenty of them are super insane diehard and the other eighty are yeah eh, so so whatever but you cannot alienate your customer base especially when you're first starting out 
you have to take every sale you can get. Yeah. Like you're beating down doors for one sale. Yeah. And if you're on Facebook the whole other time promoting your business with your left hand and then bashing, you know, everybody else with your right, like you can't, you just can't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You You see it a lot. Like, uh, you'll see it more in private Facebook groups than anything else, but they'll be like, like they'll be writing a story on a Facebook group and they'll be like, I knew this job was going South the moment I walked into their, like as I was walking up to their door and they had like a black lives matter sign in the yard. Like I knew that they were going to be difficult. And it's like, Dude, you just you just shit on yourself. You totally just shit on yourself. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Your customers are free to have their own opinions. Yeah, and you know, there's this big, huge push now that everyone has to take sides and everyone has to do this and everyone has to do that. And you should be standing up for liberty and you should be standing up for trans community and you should be standing up for conservatism. First thing you got to do is make money. Yeah. Hello, so that you can pay your bills and uh, you know have insurance so your kid can go to the doctor. Right. So. You know, you want to be gung-ho all the time. I get it. I mean, I do too. But, like, you have to be smart. Yeah. You can't be a fucking idiot about it. Well... And just be alienating people and shitting on people. And that's that's the, the real thing with Bud Light is, like, their number one demographic is country bumpkin, hard workers that drink light cold beer. Like, yep. that's been their demographic since they came... Like, in the 90s was their mm-hmm. real heyday when they came out and were just flat... You literally alienated all of those people right off the bat. Like yep. there's another, there was a story about a bar that I think they were in Nebraska. I can't remember. Um, but they were like, well, if you're going to boycott Bud Light beer in our bar, you can't be in our bar. And then like two weeks later, they're like, well, we're going to have to close down. <laughs> like how stupid are you? Right. Don't pick up the torch and run with it. Right. At the sacrifice of yourselves, hello, you have employees that depend on you, you know, because you want to make a stand and you want to show that you're with. That no. is not the place for politics. Right. That is not the place for, that's the place for business and making money, Yep. you know, and bringing people together. That's right. like your number one job. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to mix politics and capitalism together. No. And, I, and like I said, I don't want to like harp on this for an hour and a half, but it's something that's so simple and so stupid that I see all the time. Yeah. And Facebook's bad about it. Like you'll see people on there all the time. Well, it'll be this and that, blah, blah. And then literally they'll tag their business in the post and you're like, dude, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, you know, Mitch talks about it all the time. You have to have a separate business page and a separate personal page. But even then, you need yeah. to not take that stance. If you're going, if you're going to say, I'm going to be a business owner in my small community, yep. I have to throttle myself on this no matter what. Yeah. Well, so like a prime example of what you're talking about, when we bought the all-electric Ford Transit, right? There was no political motives behind us buying that. It made fucking financial sense to buy it. It was $21,000 cheaper, and it's like $200 or like a, a little over $100 a week it was twenty one thousand dollars cheaper to buy it, and it's a little under, like a little over a hundred dollars a week cheaper to drive it, with the cost of fuel. So, it just made sense, right? It made business sense. It's profitable to buy that. And uh, I shared on our business Facebook page that you know we we are one of the first in the nation to receive our all electric e transit, and we're pretty excited about it, right? Somebody, some nut job, got on there and was like. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're in support of green technology. And like they went way extreme with all the extreme EV stuff and, and all the stereotypical stuff. And and I'm just like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to as the business. I liked the comment and, you know, said thank you or whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't agree with it or anything else. It was more or less just engaging with it, right? Well then she gets back on there later and she's like, I just Facebook stalked the owner and I'm pretty sure he's a conservative. I think he's anti vax. I'm uh, never mind. I, I was going to send all my plumbing business to you, but I'm never doing that again. Like, like, okay, psycho bitch. Yeah, totally. Like, good. Don't call me. But it gives you an idea into how extreme some customers are. She oh, literally yeah. was, she was going to use us simply because we have an EV in our fleet. And then she was, and then in a matter of minutes, she's never going to use us because she saw some Facebook post that made her think I was anti vax. Completely off topic here. Brought to you by Dave. Uh, <laughs> left wingers are nutbags. Ding, ding, ding. Maybe. Obviously. Yeah. 
Extremes, anyway. Uh, yeah, just wow. Well, like I think how, extremes, anyways, are nutbags. Like extreme right wingers can be just as nutty. They are. So, but I, wow. Like, yeah. There's a there's, there's a video plugin I use. It's it's made by Russians. Like, am I just gonna stop using it because some Russians, you know? Right. Well, so like one of the circles that I run in, they they pose the question of like, what do you guys think of all this Bud Light controversy? And I'm like, there's no controversy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me in the slightest. If I drank Bud Light, I would still drink Bud Light. If I didn't drink Bud Light, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Like, half the controversy is coming from just all of the hype about, like, what you were talking about. People feel like they need to take a stand on shit. It's kind of like when Carhartt forced mandatory uh, vaccinations for all their employees. Do I think it's a smart business move? Absolutely not. Am I going to let it stand in the way of me buying a good freaking jacket that's warm and that Serves a purpose? No. Like, I'm still going to buy Carhartt. I'm not going to feel like I need to take a stand on that. You know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, like, I can buy Carhartt and then also say, like, that's a fucking stupid business move. Same as Bud Light. Like, I could buy Bud Light and be like, I don't agree with what you're doing, but does it affect me? Not really. So, you know, but I'm I'm weird in my thinking in that. Like, most people are going to... you are. I mean, and I shouldn't say you are. Like, you just have to... You have to take a stand, I feel like, in some cases. like So, so like the Carhartt thing. I get that one. Who cares? You know what I mean? Right. They make a good coat. I don't... That's a dumb business move. You shouldn't be doing it. I'm not I'm not burning my Carhartt stuff. Right. On the Bud Light deal, I feel like, like if I was a drinker of Bud Light, like I wouldn't buy Bud Light just because I'm tired of people throwing their agenda in my face. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact that they put that weirdo loser on the can. It's that I'm just tired of all of the bombardment. Yeah, stop using your platform for what it's not intended for. Yeah, stop bombarding me with your crap. Do I come to your house and go, look at my badass guns? No, I don't. So stop fucking bombarding me. So like in that case, yeah, I would have been like, I'm not buying that shit anymore. You know how many other cheap beers there are? I can, you know, fucking who cares? Right. But just stop like beating. Bud Light is high class. Dude, did you see Costco? (laughs) So they're selling a 36 pack for $14.99. Oh shit. Because they have so much beer. Like no (laughs) no one will buy it. I might go get some cheap beer. Dude, that's cheap. (laughs) That's like dirt cheap. That's Natty Light cheap. That's cheaper than Natty Light. Huh. 36 for 15 bucks. It's like 41 cents a can. 40, 40 cents a can. That is some cheap tranny fluid. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like you kind of look at yourself. That's good. Look at yourself kind of like in a pickle if you're just like, if you're going to stop patronizing every company that doesn't have the same views as you, is like, I've already paid for this video plugin. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sacrifice like what I think is good video quality because I'm like, well, they're Russian. So, right, right. Or it's like there was this big push like, um, like like for Christians against Starbucks, whenever because obviously they're left leaning, but I'm like, I still like Starbucks. So I'm like, I feel like, yeah, it's like they have a different agenda and opinions. But I'm like, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna run out of places to like, you know, stop patronize. buying Starbucks. You buy Starbucks? No, it's so expensive. It's just he, he literally said he likes it, but he doesn't buy it. <laughs> I make coffee at home. It's like a nickel. Yeah, yeah, we make a like we use like Keurig coffee, but I mean I was just using it as a as a kind of an example of like yeah. if you kind of like go pitchforks after every single company. Oh yeah, you never yeah. you could never buy anything. Where where I draw the line is like, does it affect my experience with the company? Right, Carhartt forcing mandatory vaccinations on their employees does not affect my experience with Carhartt. The coat's still good quality; it's still warm. First right? off, Carhartt sucks. Their zippers don't work anymore, so I've switched completely to Key. Are you a Key guy? Key, I know. Yeah. Or or Dickies. I have a really nice Dickies coat. I've never too. had that. Fucking uh, Carhartt zipper. Well, it doesn't surprise me that you like Dick, though. So, uh, <laughs> but like even Bud Light, like other than having to stare at that face on the can, it doesn't really affect my experience with Bud Light, right? I don't think it was on every can. I don't think it was either. Yeah, I think they just gave him to the now, weirdo. Now, you go like McDonald's with their fucking robotic, like, I can't order from a real person even in the drive-thru anymore. Like, I have to order at a kiosk or I have to order through a robot. If you yell, hello, this isn't working, a person comes on. Right. (laughs) But that affects my experience with McDonald's, McDonald's, and so I never go to McDonald's ever. Like, I'll probably never go again. Because you want them to employ a person. Well... And I want to have a pleasant experience when I go there. I don't want to have to learn. I don't want to have to, like, 
spend my first day on the job learning how to create an order. Yeah, right. When I'm not being paid for it. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm so ready for Best Buy to just tank. Like, I'm so fed up with Best Buy and their customer service. Yeah, Random they, they will. brought to you by Austin. Yeah. So uh, on the same topic of knowing your experience, you want to know another opportunity where I stuck my foot in my mouth. Oh, yes. I always um, like those. And, and like, I feel bad for this one. Like, this is bad. So uh, just a couple of days ago, I posted on my Facebook about um, my meal prep that I do, right? Because it's fucking cheap. And uh, okay. I shared the five packages of chicken that I bought and uh, the eggs and, and all of this stuff, right? And I talked about, like, I put it in a sous vide machine and cook it, and it takes me about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday, and it's done. And then I've got 17 meals for the week. Yeah. And Dante Cosentino. Love me some Dante. Yeah. He commented on there and called me out, and rightfully so, because every item in the picture was high V brand, and the receipt had high V's label on it. And he calls me out and he says, Yeah, just so you know, if you would have bought this at PC, Price Chopper, it would have been like he he went and did the math. And like it would have been like forty dollars instead of fifty dollars, and you would have been supporting a local business. Nice. And love me some Dante. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just re- like quickly, because I never make decisions out of emotion. So quickly I just replied to it and said, you know, I'll buy it there next week. Right. This morning, I text him back. That was just on Sunday that I did that. Right. Yeah. This morning, I text him and I'm like, hey, I want to thank you for calling me out like you did. Like, truth is, your family, because their family is huge and oh, they, yeah. they all use our plumbing company. I'm like, truth. Oh, you douche. Yeah. I'm like, truth <laughs> is, your family goes out of their way to use my business and I don't use your business as often as I should. And that, that changes now. So thank you, Mitch Smedley. What a douche! Yeah. So you but, know what? We only we. I will say we we will go to Aldi's to save some money, but like ninety percent of our stuff we go to Price Chopper. Yeah, I hate Aldi's. I hate having. It feels like you're picking through like a storage lot, and I, I don't know. Hey, dude. So you got to save money where you can save money. Yeah. People ask me all the time, man. How did you afford that house, <laughs> Aldi, baby? I just like returning people's carts. You get like a. 25 cent tip every time you return their cart. Do you really? Yeah. At all these? Because you got to put the quarter oh, in to yeah. unlock. I see what you're saying. I'll take that back for you. <laughs> okay. Clink, clink. 25 cents. Gotcha. So, yeah. Saved an extra quarter. Topic two. What do you want to talk about? Stop bashing your customers. Mitch Medley rant. Three, two, one. Before we get into topic two. <laughs> We got a we got a listener who's got a birthday today, old Jorge Diaz. Jorge Diaz is forty two today. He's forty two today. Buddy. He's not gonna see it today. So if hear it today. If we don't fuck up the audio on this show and this show actually airs on Thursday, I'm totally <laughs> throwing Austin under the bus here. If we don't do that, two and this airs on Thursday, then two days ago it was Jorge Diaz's birthday. So should we give him a little him? shout out? No, I'm not no we're sing not singing to him. to him. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. That's all you get. So, all Jorge, right. Jorge. Stop bashing your customers. This is like a trend, and it's fucking annoying. Um, yeah, I know. I heard you bitch about it for 15 minutes before the show. I yeah. agree that it is wearing on me now. We got to listen to it again. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. There's this trend where business owners make fun of their customers. They either make, like, like they'll do this in several ways. For one, they make fun of the terminology they use, right? Like, why would your customer know the right terminology? They're not the fucking experts. Yeah. So, like, you just look like an idiot for making fun of somebody who doesn't know your professional terminology, yeah. right? Uh, or they do the classic, like, you know, got a cheaper price somewhere else, ha-ha, like, like yeah. they're they're like you deserve this because you wanted a cheaper price. Rarely do customers you actually use that line. Occasionally they do. They totally do, right? Yeah. But all too often customers are using a contractor that they at the time like, know and trust and they aren't necessarily pursuing a cheaper price. But some contractors just suck, right? And so they get a shitty install. That wasn't be, the customer wasn't pursuing the shitty install. The customer wasn't asking like, 
I'm going to run the risk and get a cheaper price. But you see it all the time. And in the days of like Home Depot and Lowe's and Menards and everything else and Amazon and all that, half the time it's not even a freaking contractor that did it. No. It's the customer did it themselves. Yeah. They YouTubed it and did it themselves and fucked it up. Yeah. But and meanwhile... It's, now, it's, now it's a pile of trash. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> we go in there as contractors and we take a photo of the crappy work, not knowing who did it or where it came from, and, and we, we give it the classic tagline... I could have got, I got it cheaper somewhere else. Like yeah. <laughs> that's not it, at that moment. That's not your job. Your job is to offer them solutions to their problem, not make fun of them for being in the problem. Right. Well, your job is to make money. And the way to do that is to make them feel comfortable because they're already nine times out of 10, they're uncomfortable already, especially if they did it themselves. Yeah. They won't probably say anything. So don't like don't immediately go, Oh man, well, whoever you hired here just butchered this all up because yeah. it was probably them. Yeah. You know, your job is to make money, make them feel comfortable, be professional, and fix the job. Right. Like that's that's your goal. Yeah. Where where this got inspired is there's a guy that uh I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh so let's call him like a Facebook acquaintance. And he's in this habit of he 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 makes these Facebook posts where he shares the customer's verbiage for stuff. And, and, and he'll share a post of like the customer saying like, I need some freeze on. And, uh, and like, he, he, like they're messing up the words, right? They don't get the terminology. Yeah. And then he's like, ha ha ha, you're paying my next truck payment. <laughs> so he's, he's literally exploiting their lack of knowledge of the technical jargon. And, and he's he's basically saying like because you don't even know what this is called, now you have to pay me a bunch of money. Yeah, it's it's like it's the most non tactful way to approach that. If I if I ever see anybody doing that, I can damn well guarantee you I'm never shopping at their business. Well, that's and that's the problem with it is people think that they they think that they can put things on Facebook and then only people that they know will see them. Right. You know. Or they'll think, oh, no, my customers will never never see stuff like that. <clears throat> right. Sorry. But people share things. Stuff gets out there. And all you have to do is piss off one customer one time. Right. And that if that customer says, say they're a part of a big group or work at a big company and they have 50 employees, and then now they tell those 50 people, yeah, you lost out on 50 potential sales. Right. And without even having a chance to explain that you were just kidding. Right. It's too late. Well, and outside of that, even if nobody ever sees it, like I don't, maybe this guy's, maybe I'm only seeing it because I'm Facebook friends with him. And, and if you're not Facebook friends, maybe he's got his profile set to private. I don't know. It's the mindset, right? It's, it's the fact that he thinks that way. It's one thing to think it. It's another thing to post it. But the fact that he even thinks that way, that like, Oh, this guy's such a fucking idiot. Because of that, he's paying my truck payment. Yeah. He doesn't even know what Freon's called. Like, dude, that's <laughs> you're gonna have a very difficult time being successful if if you think dumb customers are now somehow like like they should have to pay more because and I don't know, I don't want to say pay more, but like like customers shouldn't have to pay because they're dumb. Well, just customers you- pay because you're providing a service that they want and need. Yeah, when when you're a demeaning type of person like that all the time, that just speaks to your character too. Yeah. And so it, people can see through that. Right. 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 And those people are usually the guys that are, man, I just can't get the phone to ring. Right. You know, we got sayings too. Yeah. Well, it's because you're dipshit. Yeah. It, I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Pull your head out of your ass. Yeah. You know, the, like the legal thing too is if someone finds out not only that you were, you know, being like dumb, but you're taking pictures inside their house without their permission, like. I feel That's like there's, true. There's like a legality somewhere there, probably. I mean, maybe it's a fuzzy line to, with social media now. Yeah, but. that's a, that's a fuzzy line anyway because so many pictures are now used for verification, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of big companies that when you you have to take a picture of the old water heater before you remove it, and you have to take a picture of all damage before you start work, yeah. and you have to take a picture of the new water heater once it's in. Like, there's a lot of that stuff that just kind of has to happen as mm-hmm. the nature of the work. And it's probably like in the service agreement somewhere, but I mean, surely like. 
taking pictures to make fun of someone is like not in the <laughs> terms of service. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, I'm on to talk. I go and video people. Right. For yeah. This coming from the guy who walks in with a fucking shoulder rig. <laughs> yeah, oh, so oh, long. you're not okay with this? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'll delete the footage. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. After I blackmail the shit out of you. Yeah. Like that dude from a couple episodes ago. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ready for a story from the field? Yeah. This, I'm ready. This one is good. Stories from the field. Yeah. Brought to you brought by, to you field, by Pulse. field Pulse. So this one is from Adam. Adam's actually a friend of ours. I, okay. <laughs> so he does a lot of like bigger construction jobs. And he said he had a general contractor that felt a little squirrely and decided to duct tape every square inch of the windshield of his truck. Okay. Of Adam's truck? Of Adam's truck. <laughs> That's funny as shit. It's like construction <laughs> pranks, right? Yeah. So Zip tie. As, yeah, because they were his client, he couldn't really directly act against them. So instead, he put a 60-pound bag of bird seed on the top of their job trailer. After a week, everything in the job site area was covered in bird shit. <laughs> Birds were fighting over the food. They were calling like bastards. Their cars were covered. The side, their side-by-side -side that they drove around the job site was oh, covered. shit. Birds were shitting all over the steering wheel of the side-by-side -side and the headrests and even the dashboard. It was so bad that other subs wouldn't even go near the job site trailer. He said, I don't know if you know this, but a 60-pound bag of bird seed lasts four days. <laughs> that is funny. That's a great prank. That is a great prank. I'm going to try to remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. How he told the story to the very end, in case you didn't know, four <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's four days. Well, and what's crazy... A 60-pound bag of bird seed is humongous. Yeah. So That's like 100 bucks. I got called to a job one... This is almost like a story from the field. <laughs> Bonus edition. I got called to a job one day uh, because they were having... The, the floor, the concrete floor was getting wet. Okay. And so I get out there and sure enough, big giant logistics warehouse. So nothing but shelving and forklifts running product all over the place. And right in the area where the forklifts are like funneling in to put it on trucks. Sure enough. Yeah. There's like at certain times of the day, there would just be wet spots showing up on the floor. And you're like, that's weird, right? Condensation? And That'd be my first guess. I mean, it kind of looked like that, right? But it was weird because it would show up and then it would go away and then it would show up and then it would go away. And and it was causing a hazard for the forklifts because oh, yeah, if it's, it's slippery, slick, yeah, right? Yeah, they do, they do not Highly do polished well. concrete floor yeah. and all this. And so I do what any guy would do. I drop down and I put my fingers in it and I smell it, right? It's like automotive, you know? Yeah. Is it, does it smell burnt? Is it, does yes. it smell like anything? You know what? <laughs> so I smell it. Smells like shit. Oh, and no. And I'm like, Sewer what water. in the world? Right? So I do a little bit more investigating. Taste. They're bad. No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You said a little more investigating. Yeah. I thought that's what you meant. So their bathroom's on one end of the building. The sewer goes out the other end of the building. And the sewer's only three feet deep. Their building's like 300 yards long. So they're on a pump. Oh, shit. The pump discharges through a stainless steel line and runs overhead 300 uh. feet across the thing. They had birds get in the warehouse. They were sitting on the stainless steel line and shitting on it, and the bird shit was acidic, and it started putting pinholes in the sewage line. Oh, God, so every time it came on, it was Every like time the sewage pump kicked on, it was misting shit. <laughs> and, and think about it. Like, That's for one, so I touched gross. it and smelled it. But think about all the people who stood underneath it and was like, where is this even coming from? And oh. it's like raining shit on well, them. And it's on the forklifts. They're it's touching everywhere. the forklifts. Yeah. It's lit. <laughs> and I realize, and you'd be like, oh, I, need to get, I gotta eat something real quick for lunch break, and you don't wash your hands. Oh, God. Yeah, you're eating yeah. peanuts at. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Park that forklift under it. And, oh, no, my forklift's getting wet. I gotta move it. Oh. Did it get awful. in? Did it get into my bag of potato chips? Oh. That's when you just take all the clothes you ever wore in that building, and you're like, yeah, I'm just throwing them away. Yeah. Buy all new clothes. Did they have to sanitize that whole warehouse? Like, come in and fog it? Oh, I'm. No. They should have. We replaced all the piping. That was crazy, too, because that was like 60 feet high. That was a crazy tall warehouse. So, yeah, we replaced like 
Like by the time everything was done, I think we replaced like 600 feet of piping by the time it traveled up to the front of the building and then across. Dude, that's and... a lot of stainless steel pipe. No, we went back with plastic. Good thinking. So, yeah. Bird poop won't eat that. Yeah. For all you engineers out there that think you got to overkill everything, stop. Yeah. Fucking stop it. Bird shit doesn't hurt PVC. All of us contractors are sick of your shit. Yeah. Just stop it. Our biggest challenge was the, the roof uh, girders or whatever you want to call it, the roof supports. They were 10 feet apart. And oh, PVC has to be braced every four feet. So we had to come up with these special kind of like bridge braces to bridge in between there. So uh, interesting. Yep. Very interesting. All right. Final topic for today. What do you got? Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. It's finding your purpose. So what this is, this is not like a personal development topic or anything else. This is more finding your purpose in business. Find out why you're in business. Uh, and it's not to make money. Like making money is a byproduct of doing everything else correctly. Why are you in business? Why did you start your business? And what is your motive for being in business? Uh, we talk to a lot of people through uh, this podcast and through Tradewinds, which, by the way, let me back up a couple of seconds here. If you have a story from the field that you would like to share with us, we would love to share your stories from the field. So uh, send us an email to askmitch at mitchsmedley.com uh, with your stories from the field, or you can message us on Facebook uh, at The Void Podcast uh, and, and find us on Facebook. We would love to hear your stories from the field. So, okay, fast forward, finding your purpose. Um, I started our plumbing company because I saw a lot of problems in the plumbing industry for how plumbing companies were working with customers and how plumbing companies were working with their own people. And I wanted to solve those problems. So I started our company to do that. Um, one of the problems that I found was uh, I was work like uh, when at other companies, you get people that call you that have zero money and, and they, they have no way to afford the repairs that you're about ready to tell them that they need. Right. Well, at other companies, that don't have a program like we do, those customers clog your schedule, right? The employee hates going out there because they wasted an opportunity and the employees being held accountable for how many calls they ran and how many opportunities they had and what was their sales and all of this stuff. And it's a no wins for the employee, right? Yeah. It's a no win for the business. The business wasted advertising dollars on that person that the person was never going to buy from them and all of that stuff. And nonetheless, you're leaving the house of somebody who has necessary plumbing repairs and they can't freaking afford them. And there's no way they're going to be able to afford them, right? So one of the things that we did when we started our company was I created the Family First program where we find those people and we take care of them on the first day of the month and we don't charge them. And and I pay my guys to go do these repairs, right? It's It's all above board. And that was our way of saying like, okay, on the business half of things, if you can't get rid of those people, if they are going to call and clog up your schedule and jack up your metrics for monitoring the guy's performance and everything else, well, if you can't get rid of them, why not channel them all onto the first day of the month and actually take care of them? Because what's crazy is half the time, the the like I can think of one of the future, previous places I worked, there would they would be leveraging this this sales tech not a plumber, sales tech, right? Yeah. And they, they would have them like, don't leave that house until you get a repair. And and the guy could have repaired it for free in 10 minutes, maybe as a toilet rebuild, or maybe it was something minor, right? Instead, the guy will spend 45 minutes trying to sell them the repair that they can't afford. Like they have no money and no credit. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you could have just fixed that and moved on and, and been on with your life. And you got a little bit of good karma for doing the right thing. And... You got onto your next call a couple minutes sooner and and just rolled on with it, right? So like that's one of our purposes of our company is to solve that problem in the industry, both the problem internally that it creates in the business, but also the external problem of you're leaving people that need plumbing repairs without plumbing repairs. And you're, you're basically saying like, fuck you for clogging up our schedule. And so we go the other way with it, right? 
the other purpose that I have for our business is how well we take care of our people and how much we care about them and the things that we do for them, right? We want to be a destination employer. We want it to be to where people can't wait to work for us. And they're hoping, they're waiting in line, they're hoping for that opportunity to work for us. And so we treat our people in a way that when it does come time to hire, we don't have to put ads out anymore. Like, I can just let my guys know, hey, we're ready to hire somebody else. And my guys will be like, I know somebody that fits our culture. I know somebody that's perfect. And guys just appear. And it works amazing, right? The guys know we're a tighter knit group. So the guys know that they don't want anybody in there that isn't going to blend with the culture. And so those are like the two purposes I have. Because I have those purposes, it makes it very easy for me to succeed in business. Because it makes it very easy for me to understand, like, why am I pushing so hard to get service calls so I can afford to give the one day a month to the community? Why am I pushing so hard for great culture so that when I do need to hire, the guys come to me and I'm not stuck in that position of like, oh, you can't find good help these days. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, those are, and, and I'm not saying you have to have those purposes for you and I'm not like trying to brag about those purposes. I'm saying those two purposes are what drive me to succeed every day. If you don't have a purpose in your business, if you don't have a reason why you're in business and a reason why you're different than everybody else, it is very difficult for you to stay motivated to keep kicking ass in business. Because why should they shop with you versus anyone else? Why is their experience with you different than anyone else's, right? Yeah. So uh, that's it's something that gets overlooked a lot. Right, a lot of people think oh, I'm going to go into business for myself to make money. I'm going to make more money, and and it's good, but you're going to fizzle out and you're going to you're going to burn out pretty quick if the only avenue was to make more money. Because guess what? Once you make a little more money, you want to make a little more, and then once you make that little more, you want to make a little more. And so, if your purpose is measured on how much money you're making, you get burned out pretty quick. Yeah, um, I will use myself as a great example of this. So when I started out, <clears throat> when I left Warrensburg, I was so sick of doing heating and cooling. Like I wanted, like I just, I was done, like mm-hmm. burned out. I applied for a job at Lake City Ammunition Plant. Yep. I worked there one weekend. They had an explosion. I probably have told this on the show before. Guy gets killed. Well, they shut like all the new people down. So I was like instantly out of work. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? So like a month goes by. Well, people just start calling me. Mm-hmm. Hey, I heard you left. Yeah, I did leave. Uh, could you do some work for us? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of started, you know, doing some work for people, some side jobs, and realized, uh, I think I'm just going to do this. I'm in control now. I'm in charge. I can decide, you know, what goes where, how, when, and why. Right. Right. So it takes off. I'm on my own. I'm doing great. <clears throat> Fast forward ten years. I literally, and this is why we. Um, this is why I say, you know, being a solo one man show is great, but solopreneur. it's, it's, thank you. It's extremely difficult because you are extremely worn out and it's very taxing on you. It just constant. You're on call every day for 10 years. Yeah. So, um, and we haven't really talked about this in trade wins yet, but I'm sure we will that if, if that's your path, that's good for a while. But you're gonna have to decide if you're if you're in it for the long run. You're gonna have to make a decision, mm-hmm. either just I'm gonna be miserable in ten years, or I'm gonna have to step it up. Well, and and if you are pursuing the solopreneur route, like like so we 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 don't dive into a lot of what you've done in the past, and so no, and that's intentional. Yeah, um, it's well when you've got murder in your rap sheet. You, you well, don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting off topic. Let me finish my thought. So we're, um, you know, he's talking about purpose here. So I had really, to be honest, had lost a lot of my purpose. So, you know, as I'm going and on my own those first few years, I really regained my purpose. I loved helping people. Right. You know, I loved going to their houses and explaining to them and being someone that they could trust. Right. Like that is what I loved about the job, right? The the rest of it, the work and all that, eh, who cares? But I loved helping people and being someone that they could rely on. Yeah. Okay. Well, after a while, 
balancing being on your own and doing that, it became too much for me personally. Like I, it just wore me down. Like it, it, it got to the point where I didn't care that I was helping people anymore. Right. Like the work was just too overwhelming. Yep. So, you know, a year ago when Mitch asked me to do the void podcast, I said, Oh, that, you know, that's a great idea. And now we've got to where we've been working on doing trade wins, which we've really probably had in the works for six months that we've kind of been kicking it around. Yeah. I've been kicking it around for, you know, maybe, maybe longer than that, but that has really given me my purpose back. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is, that gives me my desire to help guys and to be with them and mentor them and feel like I'm really giving back and being able to make a living at it, a small living at it at the same time. Right. So, you know, don't feel like, uh, I don't want to explain this the wrong way. Don't feel like your purpose has to be your purpose forever. Because people do change. Oh, yeah. Your purpose totally evolves. You know what I mean? You have to be able to kind of... And I didn't learn this until... You know, I probably had an idea what was going on, but I didn't really have a good grasp of how I was handling things until the last couple of years. Right. You know, really, when I when I found another purpose and felt regenerated, I didn't realize how in the dumps I had been yep. while doing those things. I mean, I was still doing them, yep. you know, but this has really rejuvenated my purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a new business for Mitch and I, yep. you know, really for me, it's like a second career almost is the way I'm taking it. But that purpose can always be evolving and you have to always be aware of how you're feeling about your job. Is it f- fulfillment every day? Because like Mitch said, if you're making a ton of money, and I mean, you hear it all about it all the time, high executives making 500 grand a year go home and kill themselves because they're depressed. Yeah. Because their job was not fulfilling. They're lacking purpose. Yeah, they had no purpose. They hated their life, but they were making serious bank. Yeah. If you're not happy doing what you're doing, no matter how much money you're making or how successful you are, it's not going to work out right. in the long run. It's just not. Yeah. Discipline plus purpose plus gratitude equals happiness, right? Right. You cannot have happiness without purpose. Purpose is a requirement there. So if you want to be happy in your business, your business has to have purpose. Right. And so um, the <clears throat> if, if you're listening to this and you're like, fuck, I don't have a purpose. Maybe that's why I'm upset. It, it, I, I can guarantee you that's part of it, Right. May not be all of it. Yeah, if you but that's hate, part of it. If you wake up and hate going to work, yeah, you're that's your problem, right? So spend some time and figure out what is your purpose. Why should people shop with you over anybody else? What makes you different? What sets you apart from all the other companies in town? And you can't do the whole bullshit thing of oh, we do better quality because guess what? Everyone does pretty good quality. Yeah, you're gonna have some outliers, but everyone does pretty good quality. So. Uh, you got to have more than just that, right? You got to have a purpose. What is it that you do? Do you do the whole business thing so you can give back to the veterans, so you can write big checks to a veteran foundation or to another foundation that that pulls at your heartstrings? Like, is that your purpose? Is is, Is it your purpose to physically go volunteer at an organization? Is it a, is it your purpose to, you know, like there's, there's, there's a thousand things that could be your purpose. If you can connect your purpose to your business, you're going to be light years ahead of everyone else. That's right. So, I mean, it's pretty, it, it sounds, now I will say this for a lot of people, it is hard for them to find their purpose yeah. and marry that with a job. So if, if you are trying to kind of you know, gauge, where are you? What do you want to do? Like Mitch was saying, it can take some time. Like you really have to think about it. I know guys that bounced around to 15 different positions, you know, different places until they found somewhere that they were really happy and a career that they could grasp onto. Yeah. Like what's this famous, was it Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yeah. The guy didn't didn't start until he was like 60 years old. Yeah. 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 Until he finally found, you know, his purpose. Right. But so, you know, keep looking. Yeah. You know, don't just give up. I feel like people give up and then they're like, well, I'm just stuck at this job. Get another job. Yeah. Go find something else. Find something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And if you're 18 and listening to this show, 
it you you don't like you may think you have a purpose, but you probably don't like. And and I'm not bashing on you for being young. I'm saying like at 18, you don't really have enough experiences yet to really have a good grasp on what your purpose is. You haven't been through enough yet. So when you're that young, you need to just be getting all of the experiences you can. At 18, if you're not having fun on the weekends, you're doing something wrong. I mean, right. I, I because I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. You, damn it, Austin. <laughs> when you because when you get older. Those those times are gone, right? Like that shit's over. Yeah. Like you have a small window in your life to be a screw up and drink too much and yeah. do things you're not supposed to. Like it's a small window. Yep. So don't dedicate your entire life. I, I shouldn't say that because I know guys that literally did that and are extremely successful. But if if you don't feel like it's your purpose, have fun, enjoy life for a while. Yeah. And then some, you know, try different things. And when something comes along, you never know what it, you know, could happen. Right. Like Mitch went and. Sold motorcycles for a while, yeah, which was completely insane. And then helped my career a ton. Yeah, it did. But just you know, you just never know, right? So I do want to I do want to take a pause here real quick and and say we do have a lot of one man shows that listen to this show, and uh, they're a one man operation. The one man operations are the the ones that are probably struggling the most to find their purpose, and. Uh, again, the the recipe for happiness, discipline plus gratitude plus purpose equals happiness. If you're a one-man show and you don't have the intentions to grow a big, giant company, then your purpose is to stack cash in the bank and make smart investments. And that is your purpose, right? Your purpose is to make as much money as you can, not reinvest it back into the company, pull it all out of the company, and then invest that money wisely so that you don't have to be a one-man show deep into your 60s and 70s when it freaking hurts to be a one-man show. Yeah. You know, we should... Maybe we will. Maybe we'll we'll dive into just a, being a one-man show on trade wins and maybe on, on here. Yeah. Just of, of <clears throat> a solopreneur. Literally what it can take. Let's do it next episode. How about eight, it? Take, you know, eight years from... The first five and six... Yeah. It's fine. When you we, start getting out there to eight and ten and twelve, I mean Yeah. You if you're not careful, you can really be burned out. Yeah. So in a short amount of time. I get I get asked a lot because you're you're a little bit more private with, with your stuff. I get asked a lot. People are like, Well, what does Dave do? Does he still have a heating and cooling company and all this stuff? I'll tell him right now. You want me to tell? Well, you can't I mean I'll tell him what I tell him. Oh, I'll tell him right now. I don't care. I mean he's a murderer. I've been known to stab some people in my day. For, for hire. I mean, it's a business. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's right. No. So I do still have a heating and cooling company. Yes. I do very limited work for people that I know very well. Yeah. I still, it, and I was a service company. Like, that's my deal. I will still do new houses for a couple of guys mm-hmm. that I know. Just because, frankly, I kind of still like it. Mm-hmm. You know, just. It's fun. You know, I'll go in there, lay that house out, build every stick of sheet metal in that for that entire job, other than just you know bulk junk, and I'll and I'll do four or five a year. Right. I am trying to get a subdivision going mm-hmm. for fifty-five and over retirees mm-hmm. and small rental homes or that not rental homes. I'm sorry, homes for sale that are starter homes for young couples. Sell those, have a 55 and over. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Like to be in real estate. Yeah. The other thing I want to do is trade wins with Mitch. Mm-hmm. I want to do that almost full time. Like I feel like that is giving me purpose in my life right now. Right. So that is where I'm at. And that's why I don't talk a lot about the heating and cooling that I used to do because I'm not currently doing it at the level that I was. Right. And so I don't want to be. I mean, I don't want to just be telling stories from the past. Right. You know what I mean? Does that mean that I don't have a ton of knowledge to give guys? Of course not. Right. That stuff is stacked away in the back of my brain and will be forever. Well... Does that mean I don't have great advice? I have tons of great advice. The reason I wanted to bring it up is because you were a solopreneur. 
And if you're if you're an entrepreneur, that means you are taking the risk of many people's salaries in positions under your own, right? Yes. A solopreneur is taking the risk of their own. That's right. Uh, an entrepreneur stands to well, an entrepreneur is reinvesting their proceeds back into their company because their company is the investment. Right. A solopreneur is extracting all the proceeds from the company and they still have to have the discipline to invest those proceeds, which you have done, right? Yes. So all of... you, you extracted all the money out of your company year after year after year. You didn't ever grow the company beyond you. No. And you invested that money, which right. now you have a we have... very healthy nest egg that yes. allows you to do other projects where you can have your money work for you instead of your body. Yes, that yeah. and, and our home. Yes. Which, which for us... Just, is an investment. You know, this is personal stuff. I usually don't like. I don't tell people this stuff. Janine and I have a very nice home. Yeah, it is worth a big, fat, giant load of money. Yeah, we did not build that home to be the richy rich people and have a big, nice house. We built that so that when we retire, we will sell that house. Mm -hmm. So that was an investment for us for our future later. Yeah. So yes, like Mitch said, that money all went to that. What Mitch does is takes the money that the company makes and reinvests it into the company. He gives himself and his wife paychecks. All the money goes back into the company so that the company will grow as fast as it can grow. Mm -hmm. And then someday he sells it. Someday his kids take it over. Who knows? Right. But the, but the number one goal is to grow the business <clears throat> as fast as you can. There's not one right way or wrong way. I, I will just tell you my, from my personal experience being on your own is extremely difficult and extremely ta tasking. Mm -hmm. It will wear you down and wear you out. Yep. You can do it, and you can make a lot of money, yep. but it is very difficult. Yeah. Like Mitch knows. Like Even right now, I'm trying to still balance a few of those and do the real estate and you know do other projects, and I'm just wore down to a nub right now. Yeah. But luckily, that's, this part's almost over for me. So, but... Um, that, so that's just a little bit about me, yep. I guess. People yeah. do have been asking. Zach asked the other day at Trade yeah. Ones, and I he, I I don't mind telling people. I no. just we're trying to. I don't know what to say about it. I just don't like telling people a whole lot of shit about myself. How about that? Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> uh, uh, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because regardless of your if you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, you have to have the discipline to invest. And yes, like you can be successful reinvesting back into your company and you can be a successful investing into your own personal retirement as well. So, but if you don't invest, that's like, that's your purpose. That's, that's your financial purpose, right? The financial purpose is to create a nice retirement and create a nice nest egg. Where I see a lot of guys go wrong is they start their own company as a lifestyle business. And they start spending every piece of money that comes into that business on shit that does not help make them more money, yeah. right? The, oh, man. They, the they're buying the boats. They're buying yeah. the lake houses. They're buying the fancy vacations. They're buying and buying and buying, and their business never grows, and their retirement never grows. Yeah, and then they get old, and they're wore down, and they're like, oh, shit. And then that fountain that they bought for 120000 is now worth fifty. Yeah. And the Viper they bought for one hundred and ten is now worth... 80, 35 <laughs> or whatever they're worth. I see them for cheap all the time. Yeah. But yeah, there's, you have to be, this is getting a little off topic, but you have to be smart with your money as a business owner, whether you're growing the business, whether you're stacking money, no matter what you're doing, you have to be smart with it or else when you get down the road, you're going to be in trouble. Right. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. If, if, if Mitch took this would be a great example. If Mitch just was sucking cash out of the business like I sucked cash out of the business and was just making the payments and the bills and everything else for the business and then the business had a really hard time and he couldn't retain employees or had to give some trucks back, now he's in the hole because he was sucking cash off of that son of a bitch, which he then paid taxes on. Right. And then now has to use after-tax income to hold the business up. Right. That's a that's a dumb thing to do. Right. You know, that's a, probably a topic for another day, but you have to be smart with the money that you're given. Yep. Yep. I did a similar thing with with purpose or to cut you off Mitch. Like 
I used to do photography, but then I'm like, I, I kind of want to do more video, like for side work and stuff like that. And there is kind of been a period where people be like, Hey, you want to come out and like photograph? I'm like, well, um, I don't really do photography anymore. It's like, I could make money, but I'm like my purpose, like what I felt fulfillment was like video. Yeah. And so it's kind of similar to that where it's like, you know, it, once, once you identify your purpose, it aligns where you work and where you don't, mm-hmm. right? Like our purpose is not new construction projects. So yeah. it makes it very easy to turn that work down. We get offers all the time. Do you guys do new construction? I can't find a good plumber. Do you do new construction? No. No, and oh, you know why? Because I got more work than I can handle. Like, I could give you so much work. Well, for one, new construction doesn't pay very well. And, and that's why and that's, that's not why that guy can't find somebody because mm-hmm. the good plumber's like, yeah, it's going to be 15000 He's like, well, I was paying the last guy twelve. Well, didn't you just say he sucked? Yeah. So what are you, what are you doing, dude? Right. That's a problem with new construction around here. I, uh, it's, I laugh. It's a shit show. I laugh all the time when I see real estate investors griping about the crappy contractor's work. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, you literally went with the cheapest bid and then jewed him down even more. Yeah, I, I guess I can't. Uh, sorry for that. I shouldn't have said that. You haggled them down even even oh, more. Oh, I didn't even so, catch it. I was like, what? But, like you literally went with the cheapest bid, and then haggled even more off the price. Like, why are you surprised that it it yeah know, they, they give you crappy work? Or yeah, or the only guys you can get are the people that are desperate for work because no one else will hire them. Right. And and then they go in and like they go in with their blue tape and they're like this is going to get fixed and this is going to get fixed and this is going to get no with good contractors yes they'll they'd love to go through a blue tape rally with you yeah but with crappy contractors no uh, you got the one visit and that's it yeah and, I'm out yeah <laughs> peace yeah the so. tail the tail check warranty is, as you call it yes exactly the check is cashed check is cashed so oh man that's gonna wrap it up for today's show if you guys have any questions about uh, anything that we talk about feel free to send us an email to ask mitch at mitch um if you have questions about trade wins you can send us an email at that same email address there too so and also we want to hear your stories from the field. So if you have funny stories from the field, let us hear them about it. Let us hear about it. So uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. So, get it out of there. Get man. it out. So all right. Until next week, guys, we'll see you later.